What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another edition of the Jays for Days podcast. I'm Josh. He's Josh. We got Jays Jumpers, Jaron Jackson Jr., John Morantz, Joe Johnsons, Ja Raffs, of course. We got Jays. We got him for days. Josh, how you doing? I heard I heard you have a rant you need to get off your chest. Do you want to do that now or do you want to save it? I'll, we can I'll give it to you right as we start talking conference tournaments. Okay, okay. Like right like after winners and losers, we can knock winners and losers out real quick and then get into it, but I'll do it right before we kind of start. Okay. It, it's a rant that has nothing to do with the actual basketball being played, rather the coverage of conference tournaments. Okay. So I'll offer that up in a few minutes once we get on the other side of winners and losers. But with that being said, it is a Monday, 7.09 a.m. Central Time, 8.09 Eastern. And there was plenty of action plenty of action the last couple of days. And as I said before, we hit the go button. You know we're getting close to the end of the season and Selection Sunday when the 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 picks for for winners and losers are both equally obvious and equally could be like any of 50 teams if you wanted it to be. (laughs) So this wasn't difficult this week, at least for me. I'm curious to see who you brought to the table today. But without further ado, Josh, who's your winner? Yeah, Uh, the winner. Shout out. Jalen Pickett. Fed State. (laughs) Yep, 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 yep. Somehow, someway, they got the wins. (laughs) Very stressful, but they did it. Of course, we talked about the Northwestern game. Then you get the win over Maryland. And not only did Penn State do their part to get themselves firmly into the bubble conversation, you know, last four in, first four out, maybe the last team into the tournament, depending on who you're talking to. But they did it in a week where, as you were kind of hinting at, you could pick any number of teams that kind of played themselves behind Penn State, whether it was the missed opportunities Michigan had, the missed opportunities Arizona State had, the missed opportunity North Carolina had, all these other teams that Northwest or that Penn State is theoretically, you know, competing with for these final spots, there weren't very many of them that helped themselves. And Penn State did and then got to benefit from everybody else losing additional games. So this was very easy for me. Nobody went from kind of, well, they're still in the conversation to they might actually be in the tournament if this was selection Sunday. The way that Penn State did. They they got everything they needed, both from what they did and from what everybody else didn't do. Not to mention that they got a they got to hit a buzzer beater on senior day. Right. That that's too. also mm-hmm. that's also just fun. And I think as an emotional sports yeah. fan in general is something that I subscribe to that that can also add to that can that can add to the winner the to the winner tag and and we'll talk about it in once we get to the Big Ten tournament bracket. But like there are like there are simultaneously teams that are favorites in that conference tournament, but also it seems like something weird happens in that tournament every year. <laughs> and having some momentum like that is is I don't think I don't think unsubstantial. But uh my winner was Penn State as well for all of the things that you laid out. I won't reiterate all of those things, but uh but certainly a Certainly a big weekend for for Penn State, while some other teams kind of stumbled around them. Yeah. Who's your loser? So I did something a little bit different to not Tell just me. go through the list of bubble teams that didn't do what they could have to help themselves. My loser is the Big 12. Just because... Interesting. They, yeah. 
caught you off guard there, didn't I? They just beat up on each other all week again, which of course is always going to happen to some extent. But I just sat there kind of thinking about the fact that nobody helped themselves except for one team that I'll save till the end that might have been the other winner if I had to pick a second one. Right, okay, so Baylor wins at Oklahoma State on Monday, which really hurts Oklahoma State's NCAA tournament chances. Texas Tech then loses to Kansas, hurting Texas Tech's NCAA tournament chances. Texas then loses to TCU, eliminating your chance for two regular season champions. Baylor, Iowa State, Kansas State, and TCU and Kansas all lose on Saturday. So everybody, you know, and some teams had, you know, it was important for Iowa State to get that win after their losing streak. But outside of West Virginia, who we're going to get to with the Big 12 tournament, but had a phenomenal week. Everybody else, right, these teams that are trying to get on the two line with your Baylors, your Kansas States, you know, Kansas, had they beaten Texas, probably are almost a lock to be the number one overall seed at this point. Mm-hmm. Now that's very much up in the air, depending on how conference tournaments go, because they lost in the chaos that was Saturday. Just nobody kind of went out there in terms of the top teams in the conference and finish the regular season in a in a way that sets them up to feel really good heading into conference tournament week. So mm-hmm. it was a little bit of a reach because none of this is obviously as important as the bubble teams that didn't help themselves. But I wanted to go a different direction and that thought crossed my mind of, right, you didn't have a lot of teams that kind of finished really strong. You had a bunch of teams that went one and one the last week of the season. Yeah, that's a good, I think that's a good point. It's very emblematic of what the Big 12 has right. been. <laughs> all year right is that you you've got just you know you've got all all what seven all eight all seven all eight of those teams that are going to make the tournament however many it ends up being nobody wants to play any of them including the teams that are inside the big 12 and and um over a full season i think that ultimately helps you especially when you can have a couple teams that rise above the rest i.e kansas um but didn't exactly help themselves this week. Um, I'm sticking to the Big Ten for my loser. My loser is Michigan. Um, I'm just gonna just gonna go with it. When you're, you know, looking at Lenardi's bracket, Michigan was a first was a last four in team before the week started, and is a next four out team at this point, and. Like that's a pretty big jump to make, and then on top of that, they lost at Illinois and at Indiana by a combined total of six points. So it was really, really close to being the week that they needed it to be, and even closer to it being a week that, at the very least, was a wash. But yep. if you lose to Illinois and Indiana, if you beat one of Illinois or Indiana on the road, and you lose to the other on the road, I would still argue that's a that's a net positive, regardless of which team you beat. And Especially course, with you, the way everybody else played this week, right? Exactly, and to and to for it to be kind of a jumbled mess, and you still end up on the really wrong side of it is um, is tough. And they they came so very close to to not being on the wrong side of it, but it's um another kind of week of Michigan in a lot of ways, just not quite being good enough whatever that conversation happens to be Michigan just hasn't quite been good enough this year and and and, and two road games in the Big 10 is a high bar to just not be good enough but once again this week they were almost there but not just quite good but just 
not quite the the level of play they needed to win either of those games. I thought that Illinois game was never going to end. My goodness. <laughs> that was one of those. We just need to call it a tie and give both yeah. teams a half point because nobody deserves to lose. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously somebody's got to lose. And yeah, you know, Michigan had I, had opportunities to win that game from a, you know, last last shot ball possession of the ball in the last possession, you know, last seconds of the game. And it just, it just didn't happen for him. And yep. there were a couple points where you thought, well, there's no way they're going to climb back into this. And lo and behold, there they go. They go on a run and yeah, just didn't have quite enough, which is, yeah, like you kind of said, fitting for the way this season has gone. And yeah, you play Indiana close, just not quite good enough. And they almost swap spots with Penn state at this point which is right. kind of strange. So yes, you're still in it, right? Because neither of those losses are going to hurt you all that much. But you need the wins. Outside of just the quality of the win, you need wins at this point. And those are the games on your schedule and Michigan couldn't get it done. Right, 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 right. That's winners and losers. We did it. Another year. Another year <laughs> of winners and losers. And uh, now the winners and losers become painfully obvious to the point of, it's not necessary to do winners and losers on a Monday morning the rest the rest of the season. But um, let's hop into conference tournament stuff. We're going to go through the Power Six conferences and just kind of chat. We're going to pull the graphics up on the screen. So if you are listening to the podcast right now and you'd rather and you'd like to see the brackets that we're talking through, uh, we are going to pull them up on screen. So if you want to hop over to the YouTube channel side of things, so that you can see those as well. By all means, at uh, just type Jace for this podcast in the search bar. We should come up in the video version of the podcast. We'll be there as well. So, without that, with without further ado, here's my rant. It's not a very it's not a very exciting one. So so don't <laughs> get your hopes up. But I can't begin to tell you how pointless an article about your conference tournament. Whether it's a media outlet or the conference's website is without a bracket on that article. Like why like how does anybody go and and like the thing that drives me even more crazy is that like we'll pass off a bracket for just like this list of games. Like that helps like picture it whatsoever like and yes you can like follow okay winner of game four and winner of game six play game eight and like like i like i get it but i don't understand like in terms of making your articles as easy to read as possible and as user-friendly as possible how any editor gets all the way through the editing process without thinking hey you know what how about our graphics team build a bracket real quick like, and at the very least, if you're a media outlet talking about a conference's bracket, like every conference tweets it out. So that, and that's the thing that drives me even more crazy. Every conference has the bracket. Like, like it exists tweet. because they tweet it. But they like, and you wouldn't even have to like, you could embed the tweet. You could upload the, 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 the image and, and not everybody does it. It drives me crazy. It's, it's, it's as easy as, as an embed tweet to at least give people the avenue to go find the bracket. Anyways, I, I, I sound, I know it, it's incredibly nitpicky and I sound like a loser right now, but I just, it's just one of those things that in my head fails the out loud test. 
I because that's with... what people are going. People aren't going to read like your context. They're not going to read it to tell me where They're, they want to find the bracket. Everybody mm-hmm. t- typed in Big Twelve tournament bracket. That's right. what they want. Right. And to not like put that, and to also put like bracket in the title, and then you just give me that list of the games. Like no, 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 no. There's my rant. I am with you philosophically that it it just makes sense to put it in there 100%. And I had I was kind of thinking about that same thing when I was previewing and you know getting ready for the for this podcast of right I just want quick access to to see how everything cuz you know I'm not trying to figure out what happened in the Big 10. That was <laughs> no, we're just going to wait for all the games to end and then we're going to look at the bracket and figure out how it all played out. Right. The one thing I will say because generally I agree with you in terms of right now, this is when people are going to start paying attention to college basketball. So if you haven't been paying attention all season, that's, that's important. It's just kind of a snapshot where you can just see how this is all going to play out. If you're not, you know, a hardcore college basketball fan. The one thing I will say that helps me even just having the seed list is you and I have been doing this for so long. We've followed the sport for so long that I see the numbers and I kind of know how to put the pieces together for the most part. Right. If I see the big and the Big Twelve in particular, because they're only you know ten teams of okay, you just I automatically associate one eight two seven three six four five. So I can kind of and I know okay that's that side of the bracket. That's the other side of the bracket based on the numbers. To your point, though, most people can't necessarily do that the way that we can. Yeah, and I still might be in the most people side of things. Just give me, just give me the visual. And I'm probably gonna, I'm probably gonna say that, and then have some kind of mistake without looking <laughs> at the bracket. It is what it is. Um, but that's my rant. With that being said, I have brackets for all. For <laughs> I, I have the brackets. I found them. I did the research. I did the dirty work. Um, you know, it's like those those like TikTok videos. It's like trying fast food items so you don't have to. Like you know that kind of. <laughs> Like, here's this new double down from KFC. I'm going to try it so you don't have to. So you don't have to spend your $4 to see if it's good. Um, I, I've i got all the brackets right here, right now. So, I got you. Starting, as we always do, in chronological order, alphabetical order, chronological. <laughs> I was say, I alphabetical mean- <laughs> order. That chronological, that's not the right word. Alphabetical order. Um, we'll start with the ACC. This is super exciting. Here we go. Um Big moment for the pod. Man, you know what's an absolute vibe kill? Okay, we're just going to, I'm going to get you to, to, to start talking because I am learning that I had to change settings on my computer to let Google Chrome share screens. So we're going to start with the ACC and I will throw the bracket up here when I actually, my computer will allow me to throw the bracket up. So the ACC. Number one seed, Miami, Florida, Hurricanes. What say you? Yeah, I mean, somehow, some way, Pitt almost found a way to to get the number one seed and to share the regular season title there. And Miami ultimately hung on, right? So you got Miami at the one. Virginia takes care of business. So Virginia is your two, your co-regular season, regular season co-champion. And, oh, big moment. Pierce to, oh, here we go. <laughs> we did it. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. So you've got, you know, Miami at the one, Virginia two, Clemson three, Duke four. Those are your top four seeds. The the thing that intrigues me most about this bracket, one of my favorite things when the brackets actually come out is just looking at the the different paths. Mm-hmm. 
And yeah. so, of course, one of the storylines here is going to be North Carolina. And at this point, you think, okay, North Carolina probably has to find a way to win this thing. Mm. And, probably so. Right. So that's that involves a path that includes the Virginia, Clemson, NC State side of side of this. And so, you know, you're as the the seven seed, if you take care of business in your first game, welcome Virginia. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With so the quality of wins are going to be there. But you also have to go through – it's not like you can just beat Virginia and feel good about it. You got to go through the entire the entire part of it. So that's the other team I'm really kind of looking at and intrigued, intrigued by is outside of the top four, your, your high-profile bubble team that's going to have to try and work some magic here. Yeah, a couple things. One, like Miami went out and – and I know that I came on here and absolutely – buried uh Bayheim for talking about Miami buying their program but <laughs> i mean Miami went out and used the NIL to their advantage and they're 24 and 6 and the number 1 seed in the ACC tournament so i i'm curious if if there's any right because it became very clear very quickly you know even you 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 talk about the Cavender twins you talk about Nigel Pack you talk about um you talk about, you know, Isaiah Wong being like, hold on a second. Like I was the most important player on this team before he got, you know, and you're going to pay him. I want you to pay me. And it became very, very obvious, very quickly what their strategy was. And the metrics don't say that they're all that much better than last year. At their 37th at Kimpom right now, they were 41st last year and finished with 26 wins, 26 and 11. So it's not like they completely turned something that was going the wrong direction around, but 24 and 6 is a very real like a, like is a really high level record there and and they found a way to get to get a number 1 seed. So um I'm a, I'm a little curious what um what uh if that ha- sparks any sort of reaction around the sport. Um, or if there are any other teams this off season that you're very clearly like, okay, that team was like, you know, whether they had a donor step up and be, you know, a booster step up and say, Hey, I will fork, like, here's $5 million, go do what you need to do to get a, a good basketball team. Anything, anything like that. The other thing is like, if you're North Carolina, would you rather be the seven seed or would you rather be the five seed in pit? Like if you could switch with Pitt, would you? No. And I came to that conclusion as well because right, and I think this is an this is an interesting like if you asked me to power rank the teams in the if you asked me to power rank the yep. teams in the ACC right now, three of the top four are on the top of this bracket. Um, maybe Virginia is in there somewhere with Pitt, but like it really might be, I mean, Duke hasn't lost in a month. Miami is playing really well. Of course, like you have to be, if you're going to go 24 and six, um, 
and some of that is schedule. Like Duke's end of the year schedule wasn't like super super spectacular from a strength of schedule perspective, but but still they haven't stumbled, and that's something that Duke doesn't do very well is always beat the teams they're supposed to in the ACC. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I'm North Carolina on this bottom part of the bracket, I get to play a Virginia team that has their nights like some of these other Virginia teams where they just really are going to struggle to do anything offensively. It's a Virginia team that I've beaten on the road. If I'm North Carolina in the last two weeks, it's a Clemson team that I've also beaten as of late. That has and, not played well for right. an extended period of time at this point. Right. And and then it's NC State, who, yes, I lost to on February 19th, but also, like, like if if I'm North Carolina, I'm just, like, probably not that terrified of NC State in general. Um, so if I was trying to... If if I was a North Carolina fan, I'd be pretty pleased with how this bracket shakes out. I mean, even like like the biggest, and you, you you got out of you don't have to play Virginia Tech right off the bat, which I think is probably the the most dangerous team that has to play in the first round of this tournament sure. that has mm-hmm. to play on yep. on on day, on day one. That's a Virginia Tech team that is a top eighty Kempom team and has beaten Duke, Pitt, and Virginia in this regular season. So that's not a team that you can take lightly. They avoided them in the seven, what would that be? Seven, 10 matchup. And I think that is important as well. But um, if for North Carolina, I think a team that I'd agree would prob like maybe if they beat Virginia and then they beat somebody in the quarter in the semifinals and lose a close one in the championship game, if things, you know, fall right, then they could still, get into the tournament. This is right now a North Carolina team that is in the next four out group along with Michigan, at least according to Lenardi. And so I can see that being enough in the right circumstances. But um, if, you know, of course winning the whole thing would be, would be preferable. And this is probably the best road that they could have asked for. Yeah. And that's, that's what I, I meant by, yeah, kind of the way that this shakes out because, mm-hmm. right, Clemson's really good start to the season kind of threw this all out of whack because you weren't able to make those kind of, <clears throat> excuse me, weren't able to make those games up to a certain extent. Obviously, Clemson fell out of the title race, but you can't just erase the first month of the season in terms of the conference record, which is what obviously what determines this bracket. So, you, yeah, you don't necessarily have the best and we'll see this in some other situations as well that it's kind of a strange way that this all played out in terms of trying to balance it because it's not (laughs) also how crazy is it that Pitt was playing for a share of the regular season title on the last day of the year and ended up a five seed in this tournament it's kind of crazy town Mm -hmm. um and and really speaks to how how close how tight the top of this conference is I mean Clemson Right, Pitt is Pitt is the five seed, and Miami is the one seed at fifteen right. and five to Pitt's fourteen and six. Like that's right. how close this thing is from a from a a seeding perspective, and how important the heads head to head head to heads ended up being. Yeah, that loss cost Pitt four seeds. They would have been because yeah. that was a not only a winner take all in terms of regular season title, but also number one seed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Kind of, kind of crazy, kind of crazy. Um, 
Anything else on this bracket, on this tournament in general um, that you're looking at before we pick a winner? I'm ready for a winner. Talk to me. I'm going Virginia. Virginia? Okay. In large part because of what you laid out about the – and I I feel like I just put way too much stock into this every year and overthink all this. Mm. But I'm going to keep doing it anyway. Sure. I just, yeah, if you look at that side in the path, okay, you don't necessarily want to play North Carolina, obviously with North Carolina knowing what's at stake, but also that's just a North Carolina team that has lots of flaws and hasn't played particularly well all season. You would expect to beat them if you're Virginia. And then, right, Mm -hmm. you're talking about some combination of Clemson, NC State, maybe something strange happens, and then you're in the championship game. Whereas if... If you're Duke, you're right. You're going to have to play either hypothetically a Virginia Tech team that's coming off a couple wins, a Pitt team that's obviously had a really good season, and that's, that's before Tech. that's Georgia Tech, by the way. Virginia Tech is down on the other end of the bracket. Did oh, you say Duke? Sorry, yes, you're correct. Sorry, no, my bad. No worries. Thank but you, still, man. your point is the same. You're probably going to have to play Pitt and Miami, right? And then. Or if you're Miami, right, you're talking about, okay, the first game is a game you should win, mm-hmm. but then you still have to play Duke to even get to the title game. I I just see a lot more roadblocks on the top half of this bracket than the bottom. And ultimately, I just still trust Tony Bennett's team more. Sure, 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 sure. Um, I'm actually going to go with Duke. Ooh, okay. I'm going to go with Duke because... For for a couple reasons, one like they they haven't lost in a month, and granted the the schedule hasn't been spectacular in terms of a strength perspective. Like their their kind of easier stretch of the of their bracket was came at the end of the season, but it still ended with an NC State win and a North Carolina win, and they played they beat Virginia Tech by sixteen at home in the last three. So it might actually not be as as weak as I might have thought it was i mean it, it it started with notre dame syracuse and louisville so like that's that's about as weak of a conference stretch as you can get but and the other part of this is i i think for the for the reason that you just said just the inverse of it that the team that comes out of the top half of this bracket is going to be playing the best basketball and and i could i could pick e- any three of those teams to mm-hmm. be honest with you but um I just kind of landed on Duke here. This is a, you know, they've kind of nestled into this, like Duke, Duke went from being a team that kind of didn't do all that great in the ACC tournament sometimes. And like to they're they're actually an, an issue a lot of the time in this tournament at this point. And, and I don't know if that, you know, maybe you have to throw that out of the window because it's Shire now and not K, but I think they're moving in the right direction, trending in the right direction right now. And I I was going to, when I saw this bracket, I just kind of decided I was going to go with the, maybe it's harder to decide who's going to come out of the top of this bracket, but I think whoever comes out of the top of the bracket will have had to play some good basketball to get there. And so I'm going to, by, by that logic, I'm going to go with Duke. All right. Shall we move on? Any- Can I interest you in the Big East tournament? That'd Absolutely. Okay? All right. Let's move on to the Big East tournament. The Big East bracket, by the way, is always the prettiest. Like it's this like <laughs> New York skyline. There's like the 
the red and the blue. It's just a very aesthetically pleasing bracket, in my opinion. So um, let me show you that right now. I mean, if we're not power ranking bracket releases, what are we doing? I mean, I mean, listen, it's it's all about bringing the people something that they're not going to get anywhere else. And us power ranking the bracket visual is something that they're not going. Oh, to Oh, that get is gorgeous. Else. I'm with you. But it, isn't it? Isn't it? There's a glistening on the Big East on the Big East tournament trophy. It's fantastic. Um, the first thing for me here that jumps off the page, right? Your, your one seed is Marquette, two Xavier, three Creighton, four UConn, and five Providence. The first thing that jumps off to me, it jumps out to me here, is just like, like how, how much of a gauntlet the top five teams in this conference is. Like, <laughs> yeah. like those are five really good basketball teams, and. I'm excited to see in what ways in what ways they clash. But Marquette, the one seed, they'll get the winner of Butler and St. John's. Seton Hall and DePaul in the 7-10 will get Xavier, the winner of that game. And Villanova, a six seed against Georgetown. They'll play Creighton, uh, the winner of that game, Will. What jumps off the page to you here? Where do you want to go first? Yeah, I mean... I I feel like you're just really looking at six teams. <laughs> Maybe something bizarre happens. I guess. One Are thing you telling I'll, me you don't have faith in the Butler Bulldogs to, well, I was to gonna, pull it out? I was going to say, you know who is really happy about how this played out is Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> just so that they don't have to play Butler in the first round of the Big East tournament. Again. Yeah, you or know, the, you know right. their their first game of the Big yeah. East tournament. You know that's right. And so you get a, a Seton Hall or DePaul instead. If yeah, if you're Xavier. I, yeah, I think it's just that it's so well balanced because you can have all kinds of different opinions on kind of which of these teams you would you want to avoid the most. Obviously, you've got a case for Marquette. They've been the best team in the conference all season. You can make a case for Xavier. I will still make a case for Creighton. You can make a case for UConn. You probably can't make a case for Providence or Villanova at this point. But if you take those top six teams, you've got a little bit of everything on both sides of this bracket. So, yeah, this is just – I feel like this conference, I always have – and especially a season like this where it's not Villanova at the top. Mm -hmm. And clearly the best – you know, it's – okay, well, is somebody going to beat Villanova? It's sort of Villanova versus the field, right? Is somebody going to beat Villanova? Is Villanova going to win again? Mm -hmm. Once you throw that out of the window, I feel like this is – always one of the most difficult to make to make sense of and try and predict i think you're right i think you're right and as a result and one of the other things i was thinking about is is there have been some really classic feeling big east games this year Mm -hmm. and i just think we're going to get more of them in this tournament um i think msg will be will be bumping for 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 this tournament and when like all five of those teams that you see in the quarterfinals they've all played really close games against each other and yep. especially like those top four teams are all in the top 16 at Kempom right UConn is uh, is fourth at this point and then the other the other three are like 12 13 and 16 so just like super evenly matched teams Teams that at one point, I, I would argue that all four of those teams at one point or another this season looked like the best team in the Big East. Yes, and absolutely. like right, Marquette has put together the 
the the longevity and the performance to kind of take that crown into the Big East tournament. But at one point this season, all four of those teams, I've had the thought of that team is that team might be the best in this conference. And as a result, I mean, Marquette, congratulations. You got the one seed and won this tournament outright. I mean, sorry, this conference outright. Uh, you get number four at Kempom UConn <laughs> in the semifinals. You don't even you don't even get them in the finals. You have to get them in the semifinals, which is uh, a testament to, to, you know, it's a little Clemson-esque for a different reason, right? Clemson kind of sprinted out and then stumbled down the stretch, yeah. and UConn took care of business late in the season once their schedule got easier. And so now you end up, but everybody else was so good that it didn't matter that they weren't going to be able to get high enough up to be, you know, a two seed or something to that effect. And now here you are and they're, they're, they've got to be the most terrifying four seed in the conference tournaments this year, right? Got to be. I mean, this, this might just be the year of the four seed with them and Duke. (laughs) You might be right. You might be right. Um, The other thing I have before we, and then I'll, I'll pass it over to you is, just like just like UNC trying to make the tournament by their big East, by their conference tournament performance this is about as good as you get for Villanova a team that I'm I'm all in on I'm a bit, I'm their cheerleader this week from a I want them in the tournament perspective and you get to play two teams before you get to the final that you've beaten in the last few weeks which is, I mean, I guess we could play some reverse psychology and say that's not a great thing, but at some point, you know, hey, we've beat these teams. We can we can do it again kind of thing. And then once you get to the final, I mean, Georgetown has won this conference tournament in the last 36 months. Like, like <laughs> anything can happen here. Mm-hmm. And that Villanova team, I guarantee you that 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 Creighton has circled them, that that Xavier has circled them. Um that Villanova's playing some some decent basketball right now and clearly the best version of their team that they've been all season and but if you but if you were asking if you're Kyle Neptune and you're 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 Villanova you'd much rather be where you are right there and rather than you know on the top side of the bracket and i would almost yeah from a from a confidence standpoint that's definitely valid and i would just argue it just doesn't matter you're probably right you, you're you're going to have to go through whatever seed you are. You're going to have to go through a gauntlet. So yeah, you'll take, right. You'll take the teams that you've had success against already. Yeah. 100%. And, and also just, you know, like you don't love having to play Creighton, but like if you can get past Creighton, I think a Xavier matchup kind of can play, play well, like they can have like a kind of an, an offensive explosion kind of game against Xavier and, um, anyhow, I'm, I'm all in on the Wildcats. Let's get it. Let's get after it this week. Okay. You got anything else before we pick a winner? No. Who's your winner, sir? Give me the Huskies. Okay. 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 Yeah. I had two teams that I was picking from. UConn was one of them. They're playing as well as anybody in the conference. They trounced Marquette recently. Don't forget about that. I'm going to put that yeah. into the confidence. Sure. Do it. Standpoint rather than the. I don't like playing that team again, specifically because they are not 2-0 against Marquette this season. That's where I have to mm-hmm. start getting real worried. The whole three beating the team three times thing freaks me out. You know this about me. Unless you're Providence playing Butler. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking Chris Dunn. And so, yeah, I feel okay about 
about that matchup and I mean, right, if you get there, you get to the final, that probably means you're playing pretty well. If you beat Marquette, mm-hmm. maybe Villanova finds a way to get through or at least, you know, knocks Creighton out or, I mean, we can just talk in circles. <laughs> you got to pick somebody. I'm going to pick the team that I know has the really high ceiling that is starting to play back up to that ceiling and, and looking like the team they were at the beginning of the season rather than the one that stumbled for a while there in the middle. Yeah, it's really hard to not um, to not go with UConn here. Um, whether it's just from a, I mean, the metrics will tell you that they're the most balanced team in this conference, and like I think that's probably accurate, right? I mean, Marquette is phenomenal offensively, but has their struggles defensively. Um, Xavier is in the same boat, and Creighton can be in the other boat. Um, it's really, really hard not to to pick that team. I'm actually going to pull a, a Josh Doring here and put my chips in the Creighton basket. Hey, um, going to put my chips there. I think right everything I said about Villanova Creighton should still come into that game super confident. And then Creighton's defense is about as well equipped uh, to just kind of stop the the interior presence of of Xavier's guys and to to, to make it difficult for. Zach Fremantle and Jack Nungy and, and 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 those kind of guys and I don't know I kind of just feel like I kind of you know I, I'm getting a tingly feeling about Baylor Shireman just kind of center stage <laughs> at Madison Square Garden like him and his headband and his you know all of his his emotions and, and I, I'm just kind of I'm kind of getting a tingly feeling that Baylor Shireman's going to have a day under the under the bright lights of Madison Square Garden. So um, I think Creighton is also in that boat of in that boat of really high quality team. They are the second highest team at Kimpom. I think that might have been a lie. I might have lied to you. Hold on one second. I did not lie to you. Yeah, Creighton is the second highest Kimpom team in this conference, um, just ahead of Marquette and a couple of spots ahead of Xavier. So. Um, I'm going to go with the Blue Jays. I'm going to go with the Blue Jays. I think that we might be on, on Selection Sunday sitting in this, like Creighton has become the trendy pick to go yep. to the Final Four because everyone's like, oh, they just won the Big East Tournament. Yep. Like that's, remember early in the season, that was a top five preseason, top 10 yep. preseason team. And they're healthy and all of their biggest stumbles in the middle of the year were a result of them being unhealthy. Um and now here they are, and I can I can very much see that okay. happening a week from now. And if that happens, I may have to just not pick them to make the final four out because, of protest. Because everybody knows it, and no everybody chooses to ignore it before every single NCAA tournament. But winning your conference tournament, it does not indicate <laughs> NCAA tournament success. Of course, you know at least in the teams that and Creighton could you could argue Creighton's a little bit different, but. Like if a team, if a seven seed finds a way to win their conference tournament, it doesn't automatically mean that they're going to have a big NCAA tournament. And it kind of feels like that that's how it seems to be. But I think Creighton, as eyes turn to the big, as eyes turn to college basketball and and people kind of get ready for the tournament, that they'll see, oh, Creighton stumbled, but I think one of their best players was out. and They've been really right. good otherwise. Yep. And then all of a sudden you've got lots of people picking Creighton to make a deep run. Yep. But I'll be a part of that up until the actual Selection Sunday part by picking them to win the Big East Tournament. And I'll be rooting that they don't win just so that I can save them for the brackets. Spot on. <laughs> spot on, spot on, spot on. Okay, 
moving forward, the Big Ten, you know, as as stumbly as Purdue has kind of been down the stretch, we got to the end of the season and they won this conference by three games and put together ultimately a pretty impressive um, conference performance and an otherwise uh, in a conference that otherwise just beat the crap out of each other. And um, and they were head and shoulders above the rest of this conference. Where do you want to go first? And I'll, I'll, I'll grab this bracket. Yeah, I mean, I guess the first thing is, you know, congratulations, Michigan State, for being the team to get out of the jumbled mess. Right. <laughs> that that double buy is huge just to avoid getting a bad loss. Yeah. And obviously Northwestern, IU are your, your two and three. So those are your top four along with Purdue. And mm-hmm. then you get the all, all of the other teams that – you know, okay, so Wisconsin's got work to do from the very beginning in terms of bubble conversation. Mm-hmm. Michigan, very interesting setup. And Rutgers also could really use that game to feel a little bit better about themselves. So that's a yep. big one. Yep. And potentially that Wisconsin-Iowa game, if Wisconsin takes care of business. The other one I'm locked in on is Penn State-Illinois. Yep. You just never know what you're going to get from Illinois. Yep. <laughs> and that's a game Penn State obviously probably needs to win at least to feel any kind of comfort heading into selection Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so if you're, if you're Michigan, I mean, the good news is the path is there for you to play yourself into the tournament Yep. because you've got the eight, nine matchup and then you've got Purdue. The problem is you need to beat Rutgers to even get a chance at Purdue. Yep. <laughs> Whereas if you're, you know, Wisconsin, your wins are Iowa and Michigan State to get to the semis. If you're Penn State, it's Illinois and Northwestern. Not the same quality of wins. Still good wins. Mm-hmm. But it is set up for Michigan if Michigan can do this magical thing in March that they always seem to be able to do. So this is – it's very interesting how this all this all played out. Those are kind of the things I'm looking at first. I've got a question for you. How many of the teams on this bracket could you talk yourself into winning this tournament? Oh, so many. Like it might be eight. Yeah. Like, and, and that's not me saying I think eight of these te- – there are eight teams that like you should consider picking to win, yeah. this, to win this tournament. But I could – but if you made me talk myself into a, te- to a team to win this tournament, I could – like Purdue, Michigan State, Northwestern, Indiana, Maryland, Illinois, Penn State, I like – like weirdly Iowa. enough, Iowa. Like I could talk myself into, but oh yeah, I also like would feel better about like two teams that are ranked lower, that are seated lower than they are. <laughs> um, and like Rutgers is kind of a you know Rutgers is always interesting, and you, nobody wants to play them. And Michigan finds some postseason magic on a regular basis when it comes to it. And I think you know that year that they won this tournament, they were a bubble team heading into it, right? That Derek Walton Jr. team? I believe so, yeah. Or at least kind of in that, like the bubble adjacent. Yeah. Um, but then yeah. they kind of, they 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 made a deep run and then were one of those teams that that got to the tournament and everybody was was terrified of them. There might be, and it might even be more than, like you might, you might could talk yourself into the top 10 seeds in this, in this bracket. Uh, having a chance to to make a run in this tournament, which is kind of indicative of of 
how the conference schedule, right. the conference rankings, uh, the conference standings uh, ended yeah. up, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Purdue goes 15 and five, and then there are, you know, teams all the way down to Ohio State. I mean, Nebraska went nine and 11 in conference this year. Wisconsin was nine and 11. You had two teams at 10 and 10. You had four teams at 11 and eight, at 11 and nine. Michigan State was 11 and eight. Northwestern and Indiana finished tied for second in this conference um, at 12 and eight. So it's pretty indicative of that. But um, especially with Purdue struggle, because it's not like Purdue was like kind of playing 500 Big Ten basketball for through the first, you know, eight games or whatever, and then went on this massive run to kind of separate themselves and separate themselves in people's minds. They stayed separated on the in the standings, but. I think in people's minds, they're much less separated from the rest of this conference than they were six weeks ago. Definitely. Mm-hmm. You got anything else? I mean, yeah, no, it's just, I'm with you that there are so many different things I could see happening. Yeah. Illinois. Did I name Illinois my most interesting team in college basketball? Or did I make that up? Do you remember? I had to go back Maybe, and find it. Perhaps. Yeah, I would assume that they're in big red, red bold letters somewhere on your on your podcast prep sheet. <laughs> I have to, I'd have to investigate because like, they are or like on a plaque on your wall. <laughs> and yeah, I need to keep a running list. I every might year have to do I that. You know, how, to. You, you know, I might have to do that for you. I might have to get you. You know, one of those like you walk through the clubhouse at a golf course and you see like the plaque that has every yeah. like club champion. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I might have to do that for you. I might have to get you something like that. So that you can add the most interesting team in college basketball to it every year. I got to go find it because they definitely are at this point. I mean, I 100% could see them winning this thing. I could also see Uh them losing to Penn State. Who knows? Right, right. May or may not depend on how many Monster Energy drinks Matt Meyer drinks. I mean. (laughs) (laughs) Did you see Matt? Speaking of Matt Meyer, did you see him get shoved to the floor by Zach Eady? Did you see that? Like it was a – like there was a foul – and also, like, it was a combination of Zach Eady called for a foul, but also off balance. So, like, it could have kind of been like a Zach Eady instinctively putting his hands out to break his fall. And he just kind of put his hands out into Mike, into Matt Ooh. Meyer. But also, but like, he didn't fall on him, but he kind of like shoved him to the floor. Matt Meyer, Meyer kind of got like a stinger in his tailbone, like that kind of thing. So a tree and fell it, on him. It didn't look all that great. For Zach Eady, but also, I mean, Zach Eady's been getting the crap beat out of him the entire Big Ten right. conference schedule. Right. The fact that he hasn't thrown an elbow into somebody's <laughs> nose clearly on purpose at this point is pretty impressive. But um, I was like, man, that is a 300-pound man, like, shoving you to the That's floor. a tree. Yeah. <laughs> there are there are, there are are many trees smaller than Zach Eady. It's true. It's 100% true. Um, but... Um, I think Matt Meyer's tailbone is probably fine, and we'll see what kind of energy he brings to Chicago in the Big Ten tournament. All right, who's your winner? He's going to pull four, one of the four teams that we didn't say has a chance to win. It's like, I, you know what? I'm going with Hoiberg. I'm going with right, right, right. Nebraska. You know, that extra game they have to play is going to really help them. Yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> Dawson Garcia, Minnesota center stage. I'm going to go Purdue. Ultimately, I, I did think, as well. I did I th- as well. They're just better than everybody else. And they've gotten back on track here lately. 
Uh-huh. I'm not really scared of anybody on their side of the bracket. The the two wild cards, I guess the other two things I would teams I would really consider are Illinois and IU if I had to pick mm-hmm. a two and a three. Sure. Obviously they can only face one of them. I do not like Indiana's chances of beating them a third time whatsoever. Mm. So in if a I, much less emotionally charged environment. Right. As well. Exactly. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which so I think I, is kind of where Indiana thrive has thrived yes. this year. Yes. I I think this sets up about as well for Purdue as it possibly could. I mean, you got a team that's been single teaming Zach Eady set to face you in the semifinals. Yep. I Hey Izzo, do something different against Zach Eady. <laughs> like this isn't hard. Like I don't care what your philosophy is. Double team the guy. Make I mean, the freshmen that have become basically like the the like butt of every joke the last six weeks. Make them beat you. I like mean, but, like there are teams who have done that this year. Like you can yeah. look up and find and find stat lines for Zach Eady where he took six shots the whole game, and he's taken like seventy in two. He's had seventy <laughs> points in two games against Michigan State. Yeah, figure it out, Izzo. It's just um, not that hard. Maybe. Uh, Maybe he's just to play devil's advocate. Maybe he was saving it for this moment right here. I don't know. Uh, sure. <laughs> sure. We'll go I'm with that. Try to come up with something. Yeah. So even if he scored zero points by the by, the by even if he scored zero points in this game, he would still average like 24. Against, right, right. The numbers still wouldn't be great. Yeah. Against Michigan State in this in this, in this this season. It's impressive. Um, the other thing about it, Purdue's mind as well, because at some point, like – like they are, they still just are better than everybody else. They just are. And the other thing is that like, if you were to on a, if you were to rank the teams that you would be most scared of for Purdue, how would you do it? IU one. Mm-hmm. Illinois two. Also on the other side of the bracket. Right. Michigan, probably three. Okay. I think Michigan I think Michigan has a has a case there as well. The point being is that other than Rutgers, which they lost to like a year and a half ago at this right, point. Right, right. Everybody else is on the other side of that bracket. Indiana, Northwestern, Maryland, and Indiana again. Everybody else is on the other side of the, that bracket. They can only play one of those teams. Mm-hmm. And they can only play one of Rutgers in Michigan. Right. And you can only so in terms of playing teams that you either a lost to in the, this season, a team like Indiana that gave you troubles like Indiana is going to have to beat a good Maryland team that they've lost to. They're going to have to beat a Northwestern team that they've lost to um, twice. And like there are there are certainly hurdles that Indiana has to go through as well. Now, if they if Indiana gets there, then Indiana will be playing really good basketball. I mean, they're playing fine basketball, but like. It, it it'll just be like that would be in, like I would love to see them kind of get round three of this fight. That would be that would be super fun, and that's probably still the team that you have to worry about the most, just because that's the most talented team that you have to worry about. But Purdue is in a pretty uh, is in a pretty good spot, I would say. And there are some one seeds that we're going to get to here that are kind of that really got a like kind of a a, a tough road. Mm-hmm. into you know through their tournament specifically in the big 12 which we'll get to here momentarily but purdue i don't think is one of those teams agreed all righty big 12 we're going chalk there in the big 10 the big 12 
And let me pull that bracket up for you right now. I think the Big 12 was the team that I was like, are you kidding me? You're making me try this hard to find it. I can't find it. Where'd it go? Josh, help. Oh, there it is. We found it. Nice, okay. Nice. Big 12 bracket. This is a good looking bracket too. Yes. The red and fan. the black is is always is yep. always a good play. This is a good looking bracket. Good looking bracket. Um, not as good as the bees, but still a good looking bracket. Number two um, on the power rankings. <laughs> I think I'd I think I'd probably agree with you. We've got some that are just like PDF documents coming up. So those are definitely not this is definitely an aesthetically pleasing one. <laughs> Maybe I should have gone to Twitter to get all the brackets so that we could actually compare because you, me just giving you the Pac 12 kind of like media release uh pdf document is doing no favors to the to the pac 12 but (laughs) kansas the number one seed here texas the number two you've got baylor excuse me you've got kansas state at the three baylor at the four iowa state at the five and tcu at the six an absolute gauntlet of a conference an absolute gauntlet of a tournament and josh uh Kansas, they're going to get a really, really like not fun to play West Virginia team more than likely in the first round because Texas Tech is falling apart at the seams. Yep. And then your reward for that will probably be Baylor, um, but it could also be Iowa State, which is definitely the preferred of the two outcomes. But still, um, you definitely – this is going to be absolutely impossible to win this tournament in general. But um, – <laughs> The Jayhawks certainly didn't get uh, a road easier than anybody else's uh, for their troubles of being the number one seed in this bracket. No, I. This is another one of those kind of like the Big East where I just don't think it matters. Nobody's going to feel good about their path, but right in terms of, okay, the theory is usually if you get the one, it should set you up that you should be able to get to that quarterfinal without having to really sweat too much. Yeah, that's not the case, like you said. And you've got Oklahoma State as your seven. So in terms of trying to play yourself back into the tournament, okay, you got to beat Oklahoma, who's already caused some major issues for some really good teams this season, to even play Texas. And then you got to win that game to even have a shot at making the NCAA tournament probably. Yep, yep, yep. But you would much rather play Oklahoma State at this point than West Virginia, and it just so happened that West Virginia ends up as the eight. Mm-hmm. And so – yeah, it, I think the paths are pretty much even. I uh, think by the way, a, West Virginia is the seventeenth ranked team at Kempom <laughs> right now. Seventeen. Yeah, it, this is another one of those weird ones where right, you would much rather play, for example, Iowa State than West Virginia right now. But again, mm-hmm. because Iowa State started well, they had all these conference wins piled up. That even though they went on this losing streak, because everybody else keeps losing to each other too, they still ended mm-hmm. up with the five, where they yeah. could have easily been the seven. So, yeah, I have I have a matchup thing that I want to save for predictions, but that's yeah. about all I have other than that. Yeah, this is, you know, I think kind of the on the other side of things, like as like you the Kansas the Kansas draw isn't great, and if you're gonna pick a draw to be as good as possible, I think Texas gets about as close as you can. Um. Right, you get Oklahoma State or Oklahoma, right? You like Oklahoma State has tons to play for, but also like neither of those teams are all that great. Yes, that's a game um, you should win. Right. That's a game you should win. And then 
right? Kansas State and TCU are going to go head to head and one of them's going to knock each other, you know, one of them's going to knock the other out. And, you know, TCU is certainly, they have a healthy Mike Miles is, is definitely a different team than, than the number six seed in this conference. But still, if you had to pick between I get to play Baylor or I get to play Kansas State or TCU, you're probably going to pick the latter of the two. And then, but and you also have the, if Kansas State just gets a great game from those two guys and Marquise Noel and Keontae Johnson, they can beat anybody in the country and just as quickly could turn around and just have not that great of a performance in the semifinal. And you could get through that and feel like you didn't have to sweat a ton if, you know, if those two guys just combine for 16 on, combine for, you know, 32 on a pretty inconsistent night, then combined for 30, like they both score 15 or something to that effect. Then, so so Texas is, of course, it's it's still a super tough road, but I can talk myself into Texas's road being slightly easier, way faster than I can talk Kansas's road, uh, myself into Kansas's road being easy in any way, shape, or form. Okay, you want me to talk you, you, want me to talk you into Kansas's road being easier? Sure, talk to me. I'm going with Kansas to win. If if I'm looking, at, okay, was that your was that your argument? Do you have more? <laughs> I said Kansas is going to win. That's my argument. Yeah. <laughs> if if I look at this from a Kansas perspective, okay, we talked about West Virginia. There's nothing you can do about that. You just got to beat them. Mm-hmm. Easier said than done. You just got to do it. Mm-hmm. You caught a bad break there. But in theory, if you do, okay, you're talking about this Iowa State Baylor matchup as your your next opponent. Mm-hmm. Of the teams in this conference, I'm just not that scared of Iowa State at this moment in time. And after what you just did to Baylor, I'm not that scared of Baylor either. Mm. I just don't think they can guard them. I've got Scott Drew on the phone. He used to be a fan of yours. <laughs> now you're not sure anymore. I just come into that matchup with a lot of confidence because clearly they figured out how to expose Baylor's defensive deficiencies. Yeah, I think you're right. Again, this is this is me looking for reasons to parse through what is ultimately just, you know, the finest of margins between the two sides of this bracket. And then if you get to a a championship game, okay, in theory, let's say that's Texas. After what just happened, I do not want to see that team again if I am Texas. <laughs> so I, from a matchup standpoint, once you get past West Virginia individually, I feel very good about these if I'm Kansas. And the other reason I'm picking Kansas is outside of the one and one Big 12 tournament that Texas won in mm-hmm. 2021. Yeah. Every single one of these since 2012 has been won by Kansas or Iowa State. The last mm-hmm. other team, again, excluding that Texas one, was yep. Missouri to win this tournament. That has to matter. <laughs> What about Oklahoma State? Did you mention them? Sorry, did I just Texas won that one? Texas beat them. Mm-hmm. Wow, I would have bet uh, the the one where they beat Baylor. Correct. That Cunningham team. Correct. Wow. I believe they lost in the conference championship game. I would have I would have bet a gajillion dollars that Oklahoma State won that tournament. A nope. gajillion, genuinely. Also, speaking of, so I have this pair of shorts. Speaking of things, I would have bet a gajillion dollars on. I've had this pair of shorts for probably like three years at this point. Like, like it might even be longer. Pre-pandemic, I had this pair of shorts. 
And for the entire time, I thought they were gray. Uh-huh. I learned last night that they're not gray. They're green. They're like a heather green to the point where, like, I asked like 20 people yesterday. All of them thought they were heather, they, that they were green. I'm shook. Absolutely shook. Anywho, um, like, like, I, like, I'm still a little wired about it, but <laughs> I would have bet a gajillion dollars that Oklahoma State won that tournament. But that is, that is interesting. And yes, I would, I would bet that that counts for something. And uh, Josh, you, you, you didn't have to talk me into it because I also picked Kansas to win this tournament. Ah, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I think, I think that, and I don't know what it is about this particular Kansas team, but I just don't think that this Kansas team is talked about to the level that I think that they should be. Um, I just, I just don't. And I don't know, I don't know what it is. And I know that, you know, people, including you don't necessarily agree with me when I say that, but I don't know, man. It's it's just kind of one of those things that it like that we talk about how incredible this conference has been, and like with a week and a half left in the season, it was just kind of like over. Like like Kansas was going to win the, the the Big Twelve tournament, and I just kind of think that if they had played anywhere else, that they would we're talking about like a sixteen and two, seventeen and three, and a twenty game schedule kind of performance. I just think um, weirdly that the conference that they've played in has actually made people less high on their ceiling. Um, I think they're really, really good. And it's been a long time since somebody has repeated as national champions. And I think Kansas has as good of a chance as any since then wow. to, uh, to repeat. So if I'm going to have that stance going into the tournament, I kind of have to pick them to win, to win the big 12 tournament and any, any pause I had, thank you for helping me convince myself that that was the right call. Cause I'm a, uh, I'm all in. I, That's I a feel- fun game though. That's a fun game though. What's the, the, what, which team, which team since the Florida teams had the best chance to repeat. See, I think it's almost, and I know um, it's different, and I know it's different than Florida because, like, Florida really was repeating, right? right. Like, it really was the same team, right, right? At least for the most part, yeah. And so, I like, I get that it's a little different. Like, like you can make the argument that no team ever again is going to repeat, right? Because this is just yeah. not the same team. It's just yeah. a a different team with Kansas on the front of their jersey is has a chance to win the year after a team with Kansas on front the front of their jersey won, right? But but like not not all that often does the team that won the tournament the year before get to selection Sunday as one of the favorites to like as as one of the favorites to 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 do to do it again. Uh, here here's my answer. The best sure. the best two consecutive seasons. Baylor. Baylor got to play in one NCAA tournament though. Mm. But the the two years with those guards, the pandemic season and then the season in the bubble, uh-huh. because don't forget they went toe to toe with Kansas that first season too. Yep, yep. When okay, Kansas maybe was slightly better, but then obviously Baylor was the best team in the country the year after that. That yep. to me is the best two teams from the same school in consecutive seasons. Which is which I think is I think is fair. I also think you're cheating a little bit because sure. you'd have to like. You know they have to win it first to right, repeat right. and yes, 
Um, but of course, now <laughs> that I've mansplained to you how repeating titles works, <laughs> um, I think that's fair. And that's kind of where I gravitated for it. But if you go through it right, because at that point, I mean, you could argue that the Butler teams are the closest because they came a combined total of, you know, nine points across two championship mm-hmm. games from from winning titles. Sure. Um, but like when you run through it, right, I mean, that 11 team had Kemba, but Kemba was gone after that. That 12 team was a Kentucky team that had Anthony Davis. So that team was going to be different the next year. The 13 team was, I believe that was the Louisville team, right? Sounds that had right. a bunch of that had a yep. bunch of seniors on it, and uh, fourteen was Shabazz Napier. He was going to be gone as well. That fifteen team with Duke had so many guys that were leaving. Um, you know, even the seniors on even the the veterans on that team were on their way out. They were had exhausted their eligibility. Um, maybe it's sixteen Nova, Nova followed by seventeen Nova. That's yeah. probably that might be the answer. Um, or maybe 18 Nova followed by 19 Nova. <laughs> Just but, um, Villanova. <laughs> yeah, but Villanova might be the answer to that. You know, uh, a Fortune 500 company there, as John Rothstein would say. Um, interesting conversation, though. Okay. So you've got Kansas. I've got Kansas. And, um, you know, even even when it's a gauntlet, the Big 12 still has a team and a place that the, that the conference runs through. And uh, I think that there was a very nice reminder of that this year. Um, maybe not uh, – Maybe it won't end up being the case in the conference tournament, but uh, but nonetheless, big big uh, basketball a few weeks for Kansas City because I I believe Kansas I believe T-Mobile Center is also the host of a Sweet Sixteen Elite Eight this year. Mm. I believe that's true. I'm not totally sure about that. You know what? I might look that up. But I'm going to look that up. We're going to switch gears real quick to the complete opposite of the big <laughs> the Big Twelve, and that's conference the Pac-12. Champions, baby. Stop it. You need to stop right now. I might throw up. Um, the, the the Pac-12 has very clearly a best team, and the the, the three the, the, the three teams that could probably be considered the best following them, all on the opposite side of the bracket. Right. What say you about the Pac-12? Yeah, I mean, we can break this down pretty quickly. The best team that UCLA would have to play in theory before getting to – well, the best team UCLA could have to play before the championship game is Oregon. Yep. Arizona State got stuck on the other side of the bracket, like you said. So in terms of the bubble conversation, okay, you got to beat Oregon State, and then you get a rematch with USC, and then you get Arizona after that, which, okay, if you win all those games, now we're talking about something for the fighting Bobby Hurleys. You have to win said basketball games, which is not something Arizona State did this past week. And that's about all I've got. UCLA did exactly what I expected against Arizona, took care of business on senior night, I'm all in on the Bruins. Don't need to explain why. That's about yeah. all I got. <laughs> um, I was right. The T-Mobile Center will host the Big 12 tournament and then will host the Midwest region. Uh, there you go. Sweet 16. And go- the The Midwest regions, the Ma- Madison Square Garden, a big week for the most ah. famous basketball arena in the world, a big month. Um, they'll get the Big East tournament and then they'll get, and then they'll get the East region finals. Um does MSG, am I imagining this? Do they host the NIT finals every year too? Is that rotate? I think it rotates now, but it didn't used to. And it, and it was MSG? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I could be wrong uh, about the changing, but one, I, that sounds right to me. Yes. Um, um, really fun. Uh, <laughs> so the West Regional is, is being contested in Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, do you know what the, the sponsor of the arena that, the, that those games will be played in? 
T-Mobile? That's correct. The T-Mobile Arena will host the West Regional Final. The T-Mobile Center will host the Midwest Regional Final. Big, big week, big week for T-Mobile. <laughs> How about that? Huge week for T-Mobile. Um, the South Regional in Louisville at the KFC Yum. So you have to say it excited because there's oh, an exclamation point. point. You got that right. I would love to be in the boardroom for that. What do we call this place? You know what? <laughs> Not just the KFC Center. We have to remind people that we're trying to convince them that KFC is still good. So we're going to call it the KFC Yum Center. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, and then the Final Four, of course, at NRG Stadium in Houston. But yes, um, like you're an idiot if you pick any other team other than UCLA to win this tournament. I really hope I just didn't call you an idiot. You're gonna, you've talked yourself into Arizona or something. But um, UCLA is clearly the best team in this conference. Talk about a team that is quiet. Like we talked about it last week, but quietly like putting together an absolute, like a truly elite, at least from a, at least from a, a you know, on paper perspective season. And they don't have to, you know, Arizona and USC will you know, knock each other out. I mean, heck, what if Bobby Hurley just gets hot? What if we, what if, what if Hurley just gets hot and beats USC and Arizona? What a time that would be. Um, but uh, yeah, UCLA's biggest hurdle on their side of the bracket is number is, is an Oregon team that is currently on the outside looking in of the NCAA tournament. So um, yeah, that's, that's about all I've got when it comes to the PAC 12 tournament and Someone's going to have to prove they're in the same class as the Bruins before, or even close to the same class as the Bruins before I pick anybody else. Yeah. I'm not backing off of UCLA at this point. I'm all Imagine in. that. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I've decided I'm not that, I'm not that impressed by UCLA. They just took, huh. they just took care of business against Arizona. They'll do it again if they have to. Yeah. There's no, nothing else needs to be said. Alrighty. Uh, an hour and 10 minutes into the pod and we've arrived at the SEC the SEC tournament bracket here. The SEC had some interesting things happen. And, oh, and yes. Like the, <laughs> when, when I went to go check up on how brackets, uh, on how games were going in, on how games were going in, um, on Saturday, and the first thing I saw was the Texas, Texas A&M Alabama thing. I was like, okay, yeah, this is a, that's the, this is a day we're going to have a day. And, um, but nonetheless, Alabama still the one seed here. Um, Texas A&M, the two Kentucky is the three Missouri, the four, and then we can go on down Tennessee ending up the number five seed in this conference. So if you showed somebody this conference tournament bracket without them knowing what happened this year in college (laughs) basketball, and you told them, that Tennessee was like jockeying for first at Kempom for a lot of this year. And that Arkansas that, is really good. <laughs> and that Arkansas is really good. Exactly. Um, then, then, um, then they would, uh, they would be surprised by that for sure. Can Tennessee, a five seed Arkansas, the 10 seed uh, in this tournament, you know, behind the likes of Mississippi state, Florida, Auburn, Vanderbilt, shots to Vanderbilt. Oh yeah, That's, you know we're we're on the up there um, in Nashville with with the doors. Um, what say you about this? Where do you want to go first? I am locked into the bottom of this bracket. It's kind of we a gauntlet, got, isn't it? We got Arkansas, Auburn, Vanderbilt, Texas A and M, and Kentucky all going to play each other, which is just fascinating for various we're, reasons. We're going to be so caught off guard by Alabama losing 
like in the quarterfinals or something because we're all going to be to your point like all of the really fun matchups early in this tournament are happening there and it's like it's going to be one of those okay I'll, like i'll watch the sec at this time but like alabama is going to be playing like a bad florida team at this time and there's a different game going on that right. i should probably watch instead and then all of a sudden we look up and alabama's down by four at the under four <laughs> and we all do this like mad dash to see what happens but um but yeah the bottom of this bracket is is uh is 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 batting its eyelashes at us yeah i mean obviously arkansas might be the most dangerous 10 seed of the history of conference tournaments gotta be right you would have gotta to think be. especially when until like you know up to until five years ago the 10 seed was like commonly the like last team in the conference <laughs> right exactly right? <laughs> that's a good point yeah and you know vanderbilt all of a sudden on the bubble not on the right side of it but in nta tournament conversation would love to see them go on and run and make that real interesting. Kentucky They're in that next four out with, according mm-hmm. to Lenardi right now, with yep. Michigan, Van- Michigan, UNC, and Oregon. That's kind of the conversation there. Kentucky playing really good basketball. Texas A&M just beat Alabama, so mm-hmm. all these teams are going to have to play each other. And you, Auburn is obviously always dangerous. Yep. And right, so okay, Tennessee has to get through a good Missouri team to even get to hypothetically Alabama. This is another one. I, I have a pick and a reason for it. I also think that I can talk myself into five plus teams winning this thing, if not six or seven. Yeah. You know, I think they're, yeah. How do you feel about Alabama right now? What's your gut check reaction on Alabama right now? I think they're going to be fine. I think you're right. I, I don't. Right. I just think I think it's interesting. Yeah, I don't see him winning a national championship. But in terms of, am I worried about the Texas A&M loss? Am I? Do I think they're going to sort of stumble and collapse? No. No. It takes like I have this weird cycle with Alabama. Of course, the the cycle's been a little weird the last you know four weeks, but. Um, I, I keep I have this cycle with Alabama where like I'll I'll always be like I'll be in the okay, there's still a team that loses when they don't shoot the three ball well and they don't shoot the three ball well about every ten days. Um and sometimes it doesn't matter, but against it, it it's to the level where like you can say, okay, if that was like a tournament quality team in the Sweet Sixteen, they might have lost that game. Mm-hmm. Um and then like they'll have a really good stretch and so it'll they'll go about fourteen days and I'll start to think like huh okay am i do i am i overreacting to that or people onto this and then like right before i'm like kind of getting convinced and sweet talked by that they just have a stinker of a game where they go seven of 29 from the three-point line i'm like oh right that's why that that right there that's why um yeah i've i i've not thinking that they can win a national title is somewhere i've been most of the year right so i don't have to change that i just think it's it's interesting like that's a team that you know it's not like they were the number one overall seed, you know, in predictions, you know, they still might be, they still might end up being that. And it's not like they were that at the beginning of the year and they're kind of, you know, or, you know, at the beginning of conference play and they've kind of inched their way back into it and have put themselves back into a position. But with everything that's happening, I think it's, I think it's just an interesting talking point where people's heads are at with Alabama. Definitely. Mm Mm-hmm. Anything else on on the Southeastern Conference being hosted at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee? 
No, it's two predictions. What you got? I'm going with Bama. Yeah. There's just, you know, I can't, I can't talk myself into Arkansas. I got on the must bus last year. I think we both did. Was that last year or two years ago? I think it was last year. Um, I think it was last year. Yeah. And that didn't end so well. I'm not picking Texas A&M. And Kentucky, it's almost too good to be true for me. I'm really trying <laughs> sure. to stay away from this other, but I just don't, I'm with you. I just don't believe in that theory that it necessarily translates. Now, sometimes there's a story behind it. And if Kentucky actually wins this thing, then you can't ignore just the fact that they're playing much better and have clearly figured some things out. Mm-hmm. But I need to see them go through this side of the bracket and then beat a team from the other side of you know, the top half of this bracket for me to believe that's the case. Because just your day-to-day games in the SEC aren't going to convince me. And I know they've had, you know, it's not like they've been playing just cupcakes. Mm-hmm. But I haven't it's seen... It's been a pretty solid performance based on the schedule recently. Yes, but yes, definitely. I still think you're right. So I'm I'm not going to kind of go overboard with Kentucky. And so I like Alabama's path a lot more, especially with Sakai Ziegler hurt now. Yep. And, okay, if you get Texas A&M in the championship game, much like Texas, good luck trying to beat that team again when you just beat them. Mm-hmm. So I uh, – yeah, I just – there are too many sort of variables in Alabama's favor for me not to pick them. You know, so when was that that Zakai Ziegler got – Um. That's the Kai Ziegler, like, like it was announced that he was out. Was that Friday? Was that Thursday? You know? I want to say Thursday, but don't quote me on that. I'm trying to give SB Nation the benefit of the doubt because they were they did conference tournament predictions, and on March 3rd, they predicted Tennessee to win this tournament. So March 3rd would have been Friday, which I'm really hoping that they didn't that that they that it was just kind of an unfortunate timing kind of thing. I couldn't find it immediately. It's not that big of a deal. I'm gonna try obviously, and check here. but but to your point about Alabama's road being, I mean, like I would talk about talking about things I would bet a gajillion dollars on. I would bet a gajillion dollars on Tennessee not winning this conference tournament. The tweet came out from Tennessee at 3 p.m. on March 1st. On March 1st. Mm-hmm. Okay. So SB Nation has no has no um I, I, I'm out. Sorry, SB Nation. I'm out. I, I, I tried to defend you. I tried to go to bat for you. Now, I guess going to bat for them, the the hardest would have just been me not bringing it up. But it is what it is. Um, March first. Okay, but that's, yes, that's what it, that's what the timestamp I found yeah. said. You know, it's interesting. You said you said the six or seven teams could win this tournament, and I think you're right. And and also, you know, my my big March philosophy over everything else is I'm not picking a team to beat another team just because it's March. Like, like it, it will it happen? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Am I going to be wrong? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but if if we're not at least coming to this with some sort of support and evidence as to why, then like there's no point to do these things. And when you bring the support and the evidence here with the sec yes there are several teams that like okay yeah they can have the right four days and win this tournament but there is nothing to suggest that alabama shouldn't be the pick here and that that goes beyond well you know 
some favorites have to lose. They're, you know, all the favorites don't win the conference tournaments. This is true. But, and we'll do the same thing when I get to the tournament. And there will probably be a team that I talk myself into because of that. But like, I'm just never going to pick all 12, all four 12 seeds to win in the first round, just because usually two or three 12 seeds win in the first round. Because generally speaking, the five seed is a five seed for a reason. But um, that's kind of where I am here. Um, Alabama is just better than everybody else in this conference. And with Tennessee not being Tennessee at this point, um, that top half of the bracket is looking pretty sweet as well. Yeah. This is maybe the most beneficial one seed of them all. Outside of UCLA. And their benefit oh, sure, is just, sure. I forgot about and their benefit is just we play in an absolutely horrible <laughs> conference. Right. Because, you know, I mean, look, they do have to play a bubble team in the semifinals, you know. Now, <laughs> this is true. Alabama has to play a man, NCAA man, tournament that, team in the semifinals that probably. Has, but. That, has, that has the vibes of bringing a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> That that is that is ultimately not impressive. But, yeah, I, I'm um, not sure. Yeah, I'm not trying to really defend the Pac-12 there. You know, I I meant sort of relative to. I guess part of that is also. Baby. I'm just, which is like actually true outside of like the main sports. It's just like yeah, like they just kind of they're really good at a lot of things. They're just not men's basketball and football. Yes, right. I, it, Watch it, UCLA it's, win the title now. It's not a right. It's not that it's wrong. It's just funny when the two sports that get marketed the most, they're just bad at relative to the other high major conferences. Because mm. you, right, you're not going to hear it on the the swimming national championships or something. Which obviously, I mean, the Pac-12 destroys everybody. Right. Stanford really is one of the best athletic departments in the country in terms of success. It's just. It's yeah, it's funny when it's right. We're talking the about the Stanford men and women women's golf team have won national championships in the last like forty eight months. Yeah, I mean, go look at the in soccer teams too. I mean, Jordan yeah. Morris, I think, is leading MLS in goals. He went to Stanford. Yeah. You got a whole yeah. slew of women's national team players that went to Stanford. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's just funny that you know it's Bill Walton who's obviously promoting this thing, and it's and you just look up and you go, yeah, they might. They might get four teams into the tournament if things Spe- go well. Speaking of Bill Walton, so I'm back home, I'm visiting home in Memphis, and you know when I'm home, I go to you know on Sunday morning go to church at the place you know I grew up going to church, and someone stopped me. You know everybody everybody knows I work in sports, so everybody wants to talk, stop me and talk about sports. And someone came up to me and said, did you watch the UCLA Arizona game last night? And I said, no, I didn't. I, I didn't. I, I, I wasn't watching. And he said, I hate Bill Walton. <laughs> and I was just like, you know what? You and I were cool because I can't stand Bill Walton either. I think whoever is the guy who's been paired with him each season should get like a million dollar bonus. And he is just, he's an absolute train wreck. And you should probably find somebody else to, to to promote your tournaments. I'm just saying. Well, you know, it was a, it was a big night. Was was it that game? Yeah, it was that game because they also had one of Bill Walton's national championship teams yes. getting honored. Yeah, he said the, the guy said he either had a stroke or was drunk. <laughs> I was oh my! Like, I was like, oh my gosh, that uh, well, you know, I'm not exactly stunned, but that's those are strong words. Those are strong words. Um, Okay, you got anything else on conference tournament week? The last thing I was just going to point out since we are on video, did you notice that we're wearing almost the exact same shirt? 
Are we really? Is yours green too? Yeah. I don't know. Mine could be gray. I don't know. I don't know anything anymore, Josh. <laughs> what are colors? Yeah, I don't know anything. Like, like I was getting shown pictures of like, let's do a, you know, you, it's a bunch of dots and like there's a, a the dots create a, a, a number with a different color. And you're <laughs> like, if you can see the number, you're not colorblind. And if you can't see the number, you are colorblind. Like we were, we were playing that game with me. I, I'm, I'm shook, and I still am not convinced that they're Heather Green. I'm still not convinced, but apparently that they are. Apparently they are. Um, alrighty. Last thing. Um, give me your. What are we? Seven days in the MLS season at this point? Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. Give me your Philadelphia Union breakdown. Oh. <laughs> you get thirty seconds. Uh, yeah, they had a bad game Saturday. I'm not worried. Onto the CONCACAF Champions League. It's just going to be difficult to navigate all these. But the bottom line is that they need to redo roster rules so teams can have more depth. They're not set um, up for what's about to happen this season. Paint paint me a word picture of how I should feel about the Columbus crew using NBA terms. NBA terms. Ooh, I love this too because this is how I introduced you to the crew originally. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then they immediately won a title. That's correct. <laughs> but I wanted a team that was like the Denver Nuggets. That's what I. That's what yeah, I told you. Yep, yep. And and you delivered, and then of course they won the title. Let's go. Hmm. Okay, I'll go Seventy Sixers. Okay. The the potential is there. They're very good. I love their new coach. They're going to be excellent. I'm super high on them. They're just not the best team in their conference. They're okay. third or fourth. All right. I'm fine but with that. So you should be very, feel very good. They had a good – I mean, they got destroyed by the Union week one, and then they had a good bounce back win. I'm very high on the crew. Let's go. I'm locked in. All righty. That's all we've got for you. Um, we'll be back. We'll be back a week from today. So no Thursday pod. It's kind of like by the time, you know, things move so fast, and we did the big conference preview tournament preview pod today. So we'll just – We'll sit back, relax, and watch the tournament games. You'll do the same. We'll meet back on Monday after Selection Sunday. We'll talk about some of the things that happened. We'll talk about the bracket. It'll be great. And that's what we'll do a week from today. So no pod on Thursday. Please subscribe to the Jays for Days podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Jays for Days pod. Check out the YouTube, the Twitter, the TikTok. The talk, the TikTok, all of those fun things. We'll be back a week from today to talk about a 68 team bracket. That's kind of crazy. That that is how far we are into the season. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Jays for Days podcast. I'm Josh. He's Josh. And we will see you later.